0: This is the Riches from the Pages radio broadcast with Evangelist Adam Borden, brought to you by Wahoo Baptist Church in Murrayville, Georgia. We invite you to join us for this time of mining the unsearchable riches of God's Word. And now, Evangelist Adam Borden. Let me tell you something. There's thousands and millions and hundreds of millions of thousands of people who sit on church pews who never do anything for God. Yes, right. Amen. Right. What a shame. But not Paul. Paul was the most outlandish to the point where there's probably some people that said Paul you need to back off a little bit. You are too fired up. You are going way too far with this thing. And he's saying no for the work of the synagogue and for the sake of the Jewish people and in God's name I'm going to round up all these people called Christians. I'm going to imprison them and I'm going to have them killed if I can. Uh That's how zealous he was. We find it hard to hand out a gospel tract to somebody in town. But not Paul. Paul was getting after it. And nothing and no one would stop him. He went even to a legal standpoint and got papers from the high priest. But he said, who art thou, Lord? So strange. So strange. We won't go all the way back down through those qualifications. But he said there. I'm blameless when it comes to the law. I'm, I'm, I'm persecuting the church. Touching the righteousness in the law, blameless. You know what that means? He never got a speeding ticket. He never fudged on his taxes. He always used his blinker and had his seatbelt on. And the police would just wave him on by because he was driving the speed limit all the time. Nobody could have accused him ever of doing anything legally in error. Ever. He said, I am blameless. If they accused me, it wouldn't stick. I'm blameless. I'm okay. I'm a really good person. Mm. You know what he's saying there Philippians 3? He said, if any other man thinks he's got qualifications... I'm standing here, I'm telling you, I'm as nigh humanly perfect as anybody could be in who I am and what I do and what I stand for. I'm I'm it. And he's doing it in the name of God. And yet, he says, who art thou, Lord? So strange. And notice this. Jesus answers him back in our text in Acts 9. He said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Notice, and Saul, he trembling and astonished. I believe what happened right there is that Paul had what they call an epiphany. You know what Paul, I believe in that moment, realized and understood? When he looked at himself, he looked really good. He looked really good when he looked at himself. But when he saw himself in the light of Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. Great. Whew, yeah. he was astonished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I believe he sat there for a moment and said, what have I done? What have I been doing? What, what has all this been about? I've been, a, I've been, a fa- I, I studied, I was brought, I was in the synagogue, I'm doing And he realizes, I don't know who you are. So what's his second question? He says, what wilt thou have me to do, Lord? What wilt thou have me to do, Lord? It seems as though Paul's plans have changed. It seems as though the direction he was going has been turned around. It seems as though all the things that Paul had been interested in became suddenly uninteresting. He was no longer interested in the paperwork he had under the orders of the high priest. He's now very interested in what the Lord whom he has seen now in his light. Would want him to do Amen. I believe that's the The fulfillment and the Manifestation of a Person who is repentant in the way They are going yeah. And changed In the light of Jesus Christ Amen. Amen. Paul asked two things He said who art thou Lord and Lord what will thou Have me to his, his, his Plans have Changed He said, this is what Jesus said. He said, arise and go into the city. It should be told thee what thou must do. He said, well, the first thing I don't want you to do is just stay where you are. I want you to get up and go where I tell you. And you know what? He's still wanting people to do. He's still wanting people not to sit around where they are. He wants them to get up and go. Amen. He said, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Now, I've I've keyed in on this for, this for, for many, many years of preaching the gospel. If you look at Paul's life, he becomes Paul. God renames him from Saul into Paul. If you look at his life from this point forward, right there it says, You go to the city, and then I will tell you what's next. Now, if we look back through the Bible in the New Testament, we see all the books that Paul wrote. We see all the churches that that Paul established. We see all the evangelism that Paul accomplished. But we also see the shipwrecks, the imprisonment, the stoning, the attack of a wild beast, the bite of a poisonous snake. If he had known all of that, (laughs) he might have said, hold up. (laughs) I I see you and all but I I I don't see all that I don't see all that but sometimes God just wants us to take one step at a time boy I tell you the hardest thing for me is not to be able to see how things are going to work out the hardest thing for me is to not be able to figure out how all this is going to work But God told Paul, you just arise, go to the city, and then I'll instruct you. Let's read on. Let's go back and look over here. So he says, go one step at a time. Now notice, uh, verse 7, the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no man. Here's what I want you to see right here. God was not speaking directly to those other men. He was speaking directly to Saul. There are things that God says to all of us in commandment and guideline and principle of living. But I'm here to promise you today that there is something specific that God wants to say to each and every one of us as far as what we're supposed to do. Yeah, you know what? It ain't Brother Daniels. That's not good English. It isn't what Brother... It ain't Brother... It's, I can't do it with that. It ain't Brother Daniels' job to do all the work of the church. Amen. I make no I don't know how y'all operate. I don't know what you do. I make no assumptions. And it's probably not y'all's church because y'all's church probably operates really, really good. But in other churches we go to, the preacher does the majority of the work. And maybe two other folks. And they get everything done. Well, y'all are getting quiet. But not y'all. Probably not y'all. But do you know that God has got something for every one of us to do? Amen. Amen. And he speaks specifically, individually. God addresses individuals with individual conviction, with individual instruction, with individual reactions. I'll put this in here. I wasn't play, It's not my notes, preacher, but I'm going to put this in here. There ain't no such thing as family salvation. Amen. Amen. Just because your mama was saved, right. just because your granddaddy gave the land for the church to be built on, just cause you daddy's a deacon. Just cause you've been in church. Just cause your mommy. That's right. That's right. That's right. It's individual. Amen. That's right. It's individual. It's individual. It's an individual address. Look at verse nine, 8 and 9. We'll move quickly. Those men heard a sound, but they couldn't discern a voice. You see that several times in the Bible. When God's speaking to some person ind- Individually. Where a thundering is heard, but only one person hears the message. Now, you gotta see now, these other men that are with him, they're part of his staff, they're part of his group, they're part of his party. They're heading to Damascus with him. Now, they haven't gotten the individual message, but they know something's going on by now. They saw the light just like Paul did. They saw Paul go to the ground. They see Paul talking. And then when Saul gets up, he opens his eyes. Cannot see. If I could title this message tonight, this would be my title. Losing our sight to gain his vision. Losing our sight to gain vision. His vision. Eight and nine. Saul rose from the earth. And when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was three days without sight. And neither did eat nor drink. Let me just say that when God started speaking to him, all the distractions of mankind were removed. Yeah. All the distractions of mankind were removed when God got straight and direct with Saul of Tarsus. He had to strike him blind. You know what I think we need to do sometimes? We need to quit looking around at all the distractions. You know what you do if you do that? You start getting scared to leave the house. I don't know about y'all's Walmart around here, but my girls don't go to Walmart by themselves where we live. It's Walmart. Old Sam Walton's place is a dangerous place for young girls just to walk around. You may never see them again. We went to Washington, D.C. before Christmas and walked around and, man, there's like military armed police down there like every 50 feet. I felt safer there in D.C. than I did at Walmart at home. But he removed the sight. You know what we see? We see all the bad stuff. We see all the worst case scenarios. We see what other people are doing. We see what other families are doing. We see what other people have. We see what we don't have. We see all the things that other churches have got. We see the bigger buildings over here. We see this over that part of the country. We see that happening bad and this happening good and that preacher messed up and this one over here got the... I just will close my eyes sometimes and say, Lord, just talk to me. For three days he saw no man. What'd be a good thing every once in a while for us? Just unplug from some things, amen. quit seeing all the other stuff, clear our sight, and get vision from God. Amen. Yeah, amen. Three days, he had distractions hidden. It was also three days of humility. The only vision he had would have been in his mind. And all he was doing was awaiting the next word. Because Je- Jesus told him, go to the city and then I'll instruct you in what to do. He's waiting instructions. That's all he's doing. Look further. He's denying his humanity. He's fasting, not just from food, but from water. I might skip a meal here or there. I haven't <laughs> lately. Christmas, man. You got to eat at Christmas. You can't fast at Christmas time. That's crazy. But I I can't go that long without water. When I do fast, I drink water, a lot of water. But he didn't even drink any water. He said over in his further writings, he said, I buffet my flesh and I keep it under subjection. Let me tell you something. It's not always just the outside forces that will mess with your sight. Mm -hmm. It's the inside stuff of this flesh. That will mess up what you're seeing and how you're seeing it. I tell you a verse that a friend of mine reminded me of here in just recent days that's going into my daily uh, scripture prayer. I will set no unclean thing before mine eyes. But let me tell you something. That little device you've got close to you right now, it's some of it's in your hands. Mm -hmm. It ain't that far away. That little device. Is a gazillion, quadrillion times worse than a TV ever thought about being. I'm just going to encourage you right here. I'm not pastoring anything, I'm just making an observation. I'm I'm for bringing a Bible to church. I'm for bringing a Bible to church. Now, I've got a Bible app on my phone. Parenthetical thought here, I'm coming back in just a minute. Our prayer is that the Word of God has done a work in you today. For more information on the ministry of Evangelist Adam Borden, go to evangelistadamborden.com, spelled B-O-R-D-E-N, and click on the contact page, or you can call 615-785-5682. Join us next time as we find riches from the pages of God's Word with Evangelist Adam Borden.